Well, welcome everybody to uh, yet another edition of the Forever Bristol City podcast. And uh, well, it wasn't a welcome in the hillside from uh, the men over the bridge. Uh, although we gave them a bit of a seeing too, but in the first half that was. The second half, well, we're going to talk about that uh, and we're going to try and draw some positives uh, as well. Apologies in advance if the sound's a bit flaky. We know we've had problems and it is, I think, all down to plat- all down to Podbean. But uh, joining me are uh, Ian, Mark and uh, Neil. We've all watched the 90 Minutes action. So I'll begin as I normally do. Ian, just a brief summation of the game in 30 seconds from your perspective. Positives. Good first half, great goal, Semenu environment. We lead 1-0. Negatives, conceded three again, wasteful in the final third. Parks defending, Williams anonymous and booked again. No midfield in the second half, poor game management, too many players injured, couldn't retain the ball, poor first touches and sloppy passing. O'Leary's goalkeeping from corners, poor tracking, marking, defending and ball watching. Fair enough. Nice and succinct. I think there's a topic to discuss in each of those headings you gave there. Um, Mark, your uh, your thoughts uh, on the game, which looked so so promising at half time, didn't it? Yeah, I think the Peter Finch character in the film Network said, I'm as mad as hell and I can't take this anymore. I think Nigel Pearce and Navai are of the same ilk. Uh, City put themselves in a great position after pressing well and getting a lot of assistance out of the goalkeeper Fisher in the first half. In the second half, they again switched off at key moments uh, and let Swansea dominate the ball. Midfield just didn't offer anything at all. And we let another game slip away that we should have got at least a draw from. You know, pitiful defending it at key moments, and there go the points. Glad that neither of you have mentioned Keith Stroud, but doubtless we come on to him, and that shouldn't detract from, uh, well, the second half performance. And uh, Neil, um, you know, the match again, three more goals conceded. I mean, it's becoming a joke if it, it were, you know, it, it's gone beyond a joke, hasn't it? I think now. Well, I, I think if, if you were going to play us, and all teams nowadays do due diligence, you would know exactly how to attack us, wouldn't you? We're very transparent in the way that you attack us. You get the ball up, you hit it to the back post We're on either side, and you know that we're not going to defend it at the back post or at the front post, whether it be at set pieces or whether it be in open play. So it's very much like a groundhog day, isn't it, when, we're, when you see us defending, unfortunately. Well, I think we could probably play half these podcasts and just uh, not mention the team and it would be applicable to uh, to all games. Uh, Ian, uh, the lineup, same team as Wednesday. You stick with a winning side, but it wasn't a great uh, performance. Were you surprised at the lineup? And personally, I thought Hanno Masengo looked to be struggling a bit. I saw him pull up early on in the game, but your thoughts on the lineup, Ian? Yeah, I think the substitution of Masengo for Williams was prearranged. Uh, so it was, well, we'll get 60 minutes out of hand and then Joe can do the balance of the game. Uh, by the way, he was dreadful when he came on and he got booked again. And the last thing a guy wants with a dreadful injury record is to miss games because he's suspended. That's five times he's been booked and he's hardly played. And today he was lucky it wasn't a red with that referee. So um, I think that would that was predetermined. Yes, the lineup surprised me. I think playing Jada Silva right wing back is an antic. It's not a tactic. 
and uh, Zach Viner isn't a consistent enough player to play in that position in central defence. He was decent against Reading, who were in absolute freefall, and I'm tipping them to replace Darby in the bottom mm. three. Um, but uh, yes, I was surprised. I would have played a, a slightly different team. And uh, even if it meant playing youngsters across the midfield, mm-hmm. we'd have had legs. And then we could have brought the uh, uh, older players on later on to help close the game out, mm-hmm. he said, smiling. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't do that. Uh, and when Nigel Pearson is doing his pieces mm-hmm. after the game, throwing everybody under the bus, what you should remember is, if he, OK, you're going to leave people out, you're going to make changes, you're not going to defend them anymore. Fantastic. I think you should have started doing that two months ago. That's by the by. Who are you going to bring in, Nigel? Well, let's talk about that uh, later. Um, Mark, uh, JD, Jada Silva playing as a right wing back, you know, I thought it was a good idea. And as Ian very uh, aptly describes it, it's, a, it's an antic, not a tactic. Um, you know, maybe was it a game to give Chris Martin a, a rest? What, what, what were your thoughts on the, on, on the lineup yourself? I think the problem is with, with such a small squad and injuries and no, no, no natural replacement for Martin, that's why you're seeing us pick the same side every, every week. And I think the, the, only different, the only change you could have made is maybe brought Cundy in and pushed Viner out to right wing back. But I don't think Nigel trusts trust him enough to, uh, to play him there, which is why he persevered with Jay De Silva. And I think it worked in the first half because, um, you know, Hans, uh, Wolf was, when, when he was one-on-one with Viner, and, you know, he, he looked, he looked like, um, you know, we were going to, he was going to, uh, you know, have the freedom of the wing all day to put crosses in, but Jay tucked back in, uh, from about the, from about the first quarter of an hour. And that did make a difference. So there weren't a lot, the crosses mainly came in from the right from Cyrus Christie, mm-hmm. who surprised me. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know he was still at Fulham. Apparently, so he seems to be permanently on loan, didn't he? Uh, to one to one club, club or another. But I felt thought for the first half we defended quite well, and for most of the game we looked fairly comfortable until near the end. And we just seemed to wow. when we once we lose our composure, then then it, it then it's gone, and we make lots and lots of mistakes. They just seem to goals and and mistakes just come, seem to come in clusters with clusters with us. And yeah. you, it's having players that have got, you know, got to be switched on for 90 minutes. Those angled balls, as uh, Neil was saying, inside the fullback, if nobody's defending that, those back posts, nobody's tracking the runners, they're just going to concede lots and lots of goals. And I think today we played a team that weren't like, uh, you know, weren't like Blackpool and in, in, in that they were direct. So we could nick the ball off them and we could go on counter-attacks, yeah. but we were, were wasteful in the second half and we had those chances. So yeah. second it's half Cundy on the bench, Cundy on the bench, but uh, an unknown name. Um, I thought it might have been a typing mistake for uh, Casey Palmer or something like that. But uh, is it Idi Hen, <laughs> Ivanhoe? It'll t- yeah, you he's Idi Hen, he's a... He's a he's a left-sided centre back. I watched him play the other week. We signed him from Grimsby, who released him, uh, and Brian Tinian spotted him because he was up there watching some of our lone players. Uh, I saw him play against Cardiff. He's a left-sided centre back, tall lad. He's only nineteen, um, and he looks he looks okay. Very difficult to, to tell. 
in, in an under-23 game, but it, doesn't it tell you everything you need to know about Danny Simpson and some of our activity in the summer <laughs> transfer market? Well, if I he know. can't get in that, Neil, in that squad, dear me. Yeah, no, it, 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 he should be embarrassed about that, should Nigel? Um, Neil, Fulham, <laughs> Swansea, for years now, possession-based football, progressive manager in Russell uh, Martin. Uh, today, 71% possession. You expect that. Would you have expected us to bolster up the mid? Expected us to bolster up the midfield a bit today? I think it was always going to be a game where you were going to concede possession to Swansea. And we were going to be playing... We're, we're more of a counter-attacking team, aren't we? I, I, I don't see... Ultimately, we're a team, David, who uh, who works on a premise of uh, we're going to try and score one more goal than you because we know we're not going to defend. I mean, Christ, what is it now? Ten games, nine nine of the last ten games, we conceded two goals, haven't we, or more? Yeah. You know, yeah. we we know we're not going to defend. There's no point trying to play a possession base. The last two games, we've had sixty odd percent and sixty odd percent or whatever. You know, the Luton and Preston games away. Today was never going to be one of those games that we were going to have that sort of possession stats. And we set up and played quite well in the first half on that basis. It's yeah. just down to um, individual individuals, isn't it, at the end yeah, of the no, day? I've... I mean, Finer fine, fine, for all of his good work on, on the Reading game, Finer for all his good work on the Reading game, there were two occasions where he went to sleep. And one of them, you know, miss hit a ball, Swift picked it up and had a shot. And you know, and uh, O'Leary made a comfortable save. That could easily have been a goal on an, on another day. And there was a chance in the in the first half where he completely miscued and s- scuffed the ball back into his own half. That is Viner, unfortunately. He switches off. Sometimes it's going to cost you. Sometimes you get away with it. Today, he was too passive, and uh, we got caught. You know, for the first and third goals, you'd have to say it was his passivity that um, caused the goals. Caused it, yeah. Um, Ian, the it was a quiet opening to the game. I mean, they had uh, Oberfemi had a shot save, Max diving to his left. Then he had a shot deflected behind for one of their six corners in the game. That was half cleared. Patterson hit a free kick wide, but we had our own chances, Ian. Really, didn't we? Before we got the goal, I'm thinking Martin when Fisher tipped it over and a good uh, run from Semenyo set up by Martin. That, there yeah, there so was some good passages of play from us, wasn't there? Well, there was. Sorry, going for- yeah. There was going forward. Um, but we, it, no, I mean, in the first half, we competed and we actually competed in midfield and, and we broke up their play in the final third, the sort of stuff that Marvin Elliott used to do, encountered mm-hmm. on them. And if you, the way we played in the first half is the way we should have played in the second half, but we didn't. Now, whether that's lack of fitness, lack of energy, um, because you'll do a lot of work when you've only got 29% of the ball. So we're not a side that, yeah. as Neil said, we're not a side that, that does well in possession. So in other words, when we've got a lot of it. And we're not a side that does well out of possession. So what are we? At the moment, the front three is working well. Volume in behind Martin and Semenyo, although I think Martin is worn out as the game goes on. And we haven't got a replacement. We didn't do anything in the summer about that. We didn't do anything in uh, the January window about it. So it's our own fault. And when Pearson says 
right, they're going. He said the same about this week, this January window. Who went? Backinson. And he only went on yeah. loan because we've yeah. saddled ourselves with a huge number of, well, not a huge number, but a large number of players who we paid far too much. They're on incredibly comfortable contracts. And there isn't a thing we can do about getting them out of the club, even no. for nothing. Yeah. Because so for that, for that very gonna, sorry, Dave, reason, though, yeah. for that very reason, I mean, for yeah. less, oh, God. They aren't going to leave for less money, right? So forget it. It's all right saying, well, yeah, yeah. he's going, he's going, he's going. Yeah, but nobody went. So, so don't, so don't even say it because today we had seventeen players out of our twenty-six man squad available for selection, and they left one of them at home, Simpson. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's yeah. no point saying it. It's, you know what? Well, okay, then what are you going to do? And a lot of the players that he'd want us, if you will, throw out are under long-term contracts. Yeah. So what I was going to say, and for that very reason, you know, it is what it is. He's saddled with it, yeah? So yeah. we shouldn't be criticising, but we come on to looking forward uh, later on. Um, Mark, the goal that gave City an interval lead, I, I say I describe mm-hmm. a couple of uh, surging moments uh, of forward play from City. Prior to that, and Weiman looked very lively. I saw one shot the goalkeeper saved in his armpit, although I think he been given offside. It was um, offside. It was a case yeah, of City offside. catching uh, the home team on the break. And, and and that one was offside. Was there, there was a big hint of offside over our goal, though, wasn't it? Close to Martin, Martin to uh, Semenyo, no, was... Semenyo into the path of one. No, it was onside. Was offside to you? Hang on. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't uh, offside because uh, somebody, 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 uh, some some wag painted painted uh, MS paint lines on the pitch and froze the picture. Finley Burns, a loanee, Man City loanee, was playing Vyman onside uh, when when the ball when the ball was played, and then Manning gets into the picture and tries to catch Vyman, and he showed he showed great composure to hold him off and mm. keep the ball. Uh, and he, he hit it high to the goalkeeper's right. It was a brilliant finish, a lovely piece of counter-attacking play, and he was he was onside. So uh, you know, it was a pity we couldn't couldn't keep that up because it was a you know, great counter punch, good ball by Semenyo. Player was just holding his line on the halfway line, keeps his man at arm's length. All the you know, he runs for fifty yards before putting that ball in yeah. the back of the net. Yeah. Did you think he'd finish. taken? A, did you think he'd it, taken a touch too much? Mark or uh, or not no, really? No, 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 not not Andy Vyman. Uh, you know, guy in form, fifteen goals this season. It's a pity he couldn't have been on the winning side with a finish like that. But uh, you know, um, we could come on to that in the second half with some of our opportunities, yeah. well, or a few opportunities. There you go. I, I mean, he slammed the critics in the face. Vyman has this season, myself included. Oh, yeah. Because he's converted, he's having his best ever season. And what price somebody coming in with a sneaky offer for him in the come in the summer? We talk about sale about assets and what have you, but you know, not, thing- not with the wages he wants. Probably, I mean, I think it'd be thirty-one then. I think uh, he's probably on a good wage with us still. He's on so a good deal with us. And Semenyo, I mean, he showed great. Well, he had. I thought he had a good first half, and then just before the interval, he showed great power and pace just to get in behind them. But he just uh, couldn't uh, convert. And Neil, I mean, the Western Supermare, uh, Wyman, Semenyo, Martin combo is—it's working well, really, isn't it? But it's really down to the power. Well, Wyman having a worldie of a season, and Semenyo coming 
from pretty much nowhere like Bobby Reed did a few years ago. Yeah, I put on one of the forums before, Dave, that um, after the Bobby Reed sort of transformation season, I didn't think I'd see something quite like that again uh, for a long time. But uh, Semenyo is proven us wrong, isn't he? I mean, going back a few years when he was recalled from Newport and he was all over the place, wasn't he? He couldn't read the game, couldn't, you know, the game was passing him by and all the rest of it. And for, for a while, it was like, what? who is this player that we think we've brought back that Chelsea are putting bids in? And and then when he got sent off against Derby that time at home and and then even when he went out on loan to Sunderland and Sunderland must be looking at him now thinking, hold on a minute, who is this player that's championship player of the month? You know, this isn't the player who came to us. Only, what was that, a year, 18 months ago he's at Sunderland? So it's not that long, but yeah, no, something's clicked, hasn't it? Something's clicked with him. It's confidence. Cool. It's confidence as much as anything. And his power, he's always had the power, but he's he seems to be able to control it. Um, Ian, an interval lead, but we went into uh, the second half and it was only eight minutes old. And it was a quiet start to the second half leading up to the goal. We didn't seem as though we got a grips with the game. Take us through the goal and, you know, it's all fingers pointing at Zach Viner, aren't they, really? No, they're not. Um, Christy got forward, wing back. We had four players around him. He still gets off a shot, scuff shot, come cross. I don't think he meant it. Let's put it that way. It's going wide of the post. Zach Viner's watching the ball, hence my comment earlier on about ball watching, because all and all of our defenders do it, with the possible exception of Callas. Um, and uh, Overfemi runs in behind Zach Viner and side foots it into the net. Uh, dreadful Park's goal. Yeah. Of course, the cross came in from the left from Manning, went to the far side to Christie. No, that's the second, so, Dave, Dave, no, Dave, the second Dave, one. Dave, no, it was Christie from the right. That, now, right no, now, but, Femi, want... but it was Christie put the shot across because he half hit it and Oberfemi stole in. So you're blaming, you're not blaming Zach Viner, you're blaming the people in the build-up to the goal. I'm blaming, I'm blaming Zach Viner and I'm blaming the, fo- blaming the four players around Christie who allowed him, as we always do, allowed him to cross, to shoot, scuff it. If you've got four players around somebody, he shouldn't be able to do anything apart from turn around and pass it back or kick it against you. So I think the players around him were, Masengo was one definitely, Pring, Closer, and someone else. You, you know, you have a look on the video and it goes there. Now, the second one, was a, a left wing cross from about 35 yards out on the angle that none of our players got anywhere near. We didn't close Manning down. He fired the ball across the box and at the back post, in comes Christie with Campering trailing behind him. He gets in front of him, gets on the ball. Bentley makes a great save, saved the other one. And then the ball loops up in the air and uh, Christie heads it in the net. That was a second goal. So Bristol City can't defend crosses, Mark six hundred you know, mark six hundred and fifty. Because we keep doing it. It's not like we're conceding loads of different goals. We're not. We're not having people ping them in the top corner from thirty five yards. We're not. It's crosses. Yeah. 
No, it's and, right. And, it's, so, it's so repetitious. Then we, we, you and I were talking about that coffee time this morning, weren't we? That you know, we were. that, and 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 well, every goal, it's usually a cross in from either the left or the right, and it's either height or unmarking or not being tight or anything uh, like that. I mean, Mark, your your thoughts on them. Um, Let's, t- let's look at the first two goals, yeah? Well, we'll there was a cross to- before that which where, where O'Leary had to go off, wasn't there, from Wolf uh, right, on, yeah. on, yeah. on, uh, on, 50, on 55 minutes. He crossed it into the area. Max saved, saved quite easily, but Oberfemi was following in and left his foot, his foot in, uh, hurt, I think here at his knee, uh, which caused him to go off uh, 10 minutes later, five minutes later for, uh, for Bentley. And, and Dan Bentley came on, and do you think, because, I mean, again, Max didn't look massively confident today. Do you think Bentley will keep the shirt now this coming Saturday against uh, uh, high-flying Middlesbrough? Would you say so? Poss- possibly. I mean, you know, he, he didn't look that confident in crosses. I think he had a, he tried to save with one hand, didn't he, in the first half when he pushed it down. I think he was yeah. probably thankful to Chris Martin's, Chris Martin's head performing the for Mara Gigi intervention a couple of times to, to head yes. it out. Yeah. But no, you need, you need a confident keeper who's going to gonna come for the ball. And mind you, Bentley's been a bit guilty of that before. He likes to punch the ball. Um, but really, Max, he did, he did, he did look a little, he did look vulnerable today. Perhaps he needs to boost his upper body weight up. Uh, Cause I think, you know, both goalkeepers are good shot stoppers. I think Max's uh, distribution is better than Dan's, but we'll just have to, have to see. I think they're much of a muchness, really. But yeah, they're both quite slightly built Dominic goalkeepers, Mary. particularly if you compare them, say, with the types of uh, Neville Southall, who was known as the Dustbin Man, probably because he. Well, if you look at well, Neville Southall now, he's probably twice the man he was. <laughs> he's skipped, probably three he's times. Neil, yeah. um, <laughs> second, the second, uh, the second half. I say we went two one down. Um, but we're always in the game at 2-1 and we had chances before that. Martin couldn't get his shot away and Vyman was screaming for it. That was um, just oh, 65 minutes. Fisher, the goalkeeper, looked a bit suspect. He uh, lost the ball. We managed to get a corner out of it without threatening. And then uh, Scott, Semenyo, Vyman, shot tipped over. They were all goodish chances for City. Again, the combo, you know, flowing movement, getting forward, but no end product but I think the timing is right now to mention uh, Mr Stroud the referee because on 85 minutes let's get in back into the action that was a blinking foul when Semenyo had his foot stamped on by Pato wasn't it yeah and and Stroud didn't give it did he he didn't I think uh, Mr Stroud Mr Stroud <laughs> Even before the game, David, when everybody saw that name, we knew what type of game we were going to get, weren't we? He was going to make it all about him in the yeah. game, really. He draws, he's one of those refs that draws attention to himself. David, is it okay if I just address the point over the first two goals yeah, go on. from my yeah. perspective on it? Sure, please do. The first goal, Jay De Silva. Anybody that watches that ball come across, that, that Oberfemi strolls past Jay De Silva. And then Jay De Silva obviously gives a shout to Viner, But Jay De Silva doesn't put himself any glory in the back post. If you watch it again as well, really. And him playing on the right a number of times, he's not used to defending the balls come in from the other area. It's quite soon. His body length is the way he sets himself up on the right-hand side. If you've played on the left your entire career, you've done 15 years or whatever on the left-hand side, and suddenly you're on the right, 
he has he has no idea what's going on over his left shoulder the whole time. And there's quite a few goals if you watch them. Uh, was it the second when Max uh, allowed him in? Da, 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 da. When we won three two recently at the Cardiff. back post, Cardiff. You know exactly the same, exactly the same. Defending the crosses in, so I don't think he does himself any any glory. Yes, it is a penalty. Going back to your original point, yeah. from my perspective, but there's something about Semenyo. Semenyo is a bit rough around the edges, isn't he? He's he's a strong player, so when he goes down, I think half the time refs aren't necessarily buying it with Semenyo. He's gonna, he's going to get fouled, but. I think I saw a stat somewhere that we have the fewest amount of penalties in Europe. I think that's right, isn't it? It is in the top six leagues. Yeah, you can't, get, you, can't get le- you can't get less than none, can you? You know, no. I mean, so that was a like, non- I mean, this is a case. This is a case. <laughs> this was a case of having VAR at championship level because when you saw it on the replay, right, Pato trod on his foot. You know, yeah. it wasn't yeah, his studs were right contact. down on it, on his, on it, on his foot, on you know, the top it was, of his in fact, foot. It was a nasty I mean, he, he won tackle. the ball. It was a nasty little tackle. I mean, we, we had, um, Ian, we had five players booked today by this idiot, um, and we're not a dirty side, and they're niggly little fouls, but they were getting away with stuff. And I think uh, who was it? Did, did, no, Scott didn't get booked, but there was there was a couple of instances. I think it was Nitchum fouled. There was a foul Scott, by Cabango at the end, wasn't there? Yeah, Nitchum, and that, yeah, I mean, and then. But what got me? The one that got me was Oberfame. Yeah, um, he got. I think he got Kloss booked. It was the first booking we had, and he went down with the squealing pig like they do. Yeah, and. It, that's right. He conned the book in for Kloss, yeah, and he got up straight away, laughing. He knew he got the he knew he got the bloody fat. He, he got the player booked. But what what did you think of Stroud today, Ian? I th- I think he's a poor referee. Although the last four times we had him before today, we won. Yeah. Um. I we gave away a load of free kicks the other night, and we gave away a load of free kicks today, and a lot of them were what I call stupid free kicks. You know, a guy's going nowhere. He's over um, on the touchline. He's got his his back to the player, and we go thundering into him. That's going to be a free kick. Every referee in the country is going to give that free kick. The same thing happened against Reading. We gave away a load of unnecessary free kicks. Had four players booked. So uh, I'm not a great one for for blaming referees. That was a penalty. It was a bad decision. Um, I'm not going to – I will praise Keith Stroud for one thing, not sending Joe Williams off because he – after the game was gone, in other words, when they'd scored their third goal, he went running up to him and gave him a mouthful of abuse with a load of bad language thrown in, I don't doubt. So he was lucky he didn't go walkies. Now, with our current situation, with all the players injured, and I don't think any of them are coming back anytime soon, the seven that were out today – uh, we can't afford to get suspensions. And that guy's got a real problem. Uh, the, the season before uh, he came to us, he was booked 16 times. Right? And I think that's he, he only played about 30 games. So that, that has to, someone has to take him to one side and say, look, shut up. All right. If you, if you take a yellow for the team, we're winning 1-0. There's a minute to go. The bloke's away in the middle of the pitch and you knock him over and you get a book in. Fair enough. Yeah, we'll, have, yeah. we'll take that one for the team. But not. I've got no time for anybody that gets booked for gob 
None at all. Because what's Keith Stroud going to say? Yeah, you do know what, Joe, you're right. Uh, I won't award that goal and I'll go back and give a penalty five, minute, five ten minutes ago. It's not going to happen. So don't do it. Yeah, no. You know, like somebody, I think it was Gary Harris, said on Radio Bristol, an old manager of his, Colin Addison, used to say to him, if you've got, if you've got enough uh, breath to uh, slag off the referee, run around a bit more. Um, and, and I think a lot of it with our players with these bookings is frustration because they know they're not doing it. They're not stupid. They know they're not doing it. But I, I want them to show aggression in the right way. You know, when, when yeah, the ball comes to, let me come box, to let me come to when the ball comes come to box, Mark, stick, just your, to wrap up. stick your head on it. You know, don't look at yeah. the bloke. But you're talking, sorry, and just picking up on that point there, you know, we're talking today, we had two internationals at the heart of the defence, you know, two experienced players, and yet we're still conceding three goals. But let's come on to that in a minute. I just want to wrap up the final death throws of the game. Mark, the referee... Yeah, you missed out, you missed out one bit of action. Go on. The, before the third goal, Christie sorry. Goal. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, before before they that? scored their second goal, you missed out a bit of action. What was that then? Well, on the 75th minute, Vyman, Vyman played in Semenyo, and Semenyo had a bit of a sharp angle uh, and took a shot. But, you know, we, we had... We had Cameron Pring uh, open, and he didn't. He could have played the ball across. And as is a lot of these games, you think you know you miss one chance, the other team goes down down the other end. But with the final goal, Scott wins the Scott wins the ball in, in the middle of his own half. But because it's not strong enough, the ball spins back. Piro's on on Viner, does him uh, you know does him like a kipper, not and no then tip. whacks the ball in yeah. the net. Game over. Game over. Yeah. What I was going to say, and as I say, I've forgotten that. I say there's lots of little pieces of action that, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably I'm going to go and clutch so these straws, Dave, but that's all we got. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, you know what you can do? You can, uh, I'm trying to find one of my little beeper noises here, but you can. Uh, was it one off the one that we were just, just move on. Uh, no, who was that? By the way, fart It wasn't me. Right? It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't me. me. It wasn't me. I like the comment on OTIB that somebody said it was 7 minutes, 47 minutes, 30 seconds, and somebody said it was 47 minutes, 47 seconds. And you, I think you said, Mark, on OTIB, was that its duration? If so, you know. It no, be. it wasn't me. Maybe I said that. Dave. Somebody said, was it 17 seconds long? And I said, yes, and, and, and David P speaking to the Guinness Book of Records right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it might be. I think it might be Dave. I think it might be Dave Phelps because he's not with us today. Maybe he's got a few problems down there. No, I'm only joking. What I was going to say to you, Mark, right? And you've you've covered the third goal, so we don't need to do that again. But when he signalled six minutes on the clock, you always think. And the commentator, Chris Honor, again, good match analysis uh, from him with. Uh, I think it was Toby. Holds up the six minutes. You think, well, we got a chance here, right? Yeah. But God, did we did we not? utilize it there was that fracas between martin and christie mm. which took a good minute of it where they were rutting up against each other without really doing anything it was like handbags sort of thing and then we got a long throw that we took ages and i think callas was trying to take it almost in line with the edge of the penalty area when it was back uh closer to the dugout thing i mean 
again, that's a bit of naive. But it was it was flicked on it was flicked on by Martin. But where was the foul? Yeah. Did he did he was it Smith behind him? It's, he was supposedly foul the player because the ball went through to Semenyo. But you know where was the foul? What did he do? Back into him? Just yeah. sometimes you think I some of these know. fouls are just so soft, they're untrue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't utilize. We didn't get anything out of the extra six minutes. Neil, just for, from you on the the third goal. I mean, Viner nutmegged again. I mean, Scott. Um, you know, I mean, he was almost fighting a one-man battle there because Ian's already alluded to the fact that Joe Williams came on and didn't really do much. We'd lost the energy of uh, Masengo. Um, you know, but that third goal all pretty much summed up the afternoon, didn't it, from a defensive standpoint? Neil? If there's one, if there's one word that can describe our defending, it's passive, isn't it? Passive. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. My 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 eldest son, who will listen to this podcast, is a centre back, and he scored a place for the seniors and the juniors, even though he's sixteen, and he scored his first goal yesterday. So well for the seniors, so well done, Thomas. I've always said to him, the worst thing you can do is not make a challenge. Don't be passive. Don't run alongside. Don't you know? In that situation, he comes. Viner comes half-hearted, doesn't he? He runs towards Piro in that situation half-eyed. And because of that, Piro knocks the ball through his feet. And then he's completely taken out. In that situation, why isn't he taken out Piro? For me, I'm not advocating a foul. Yeah. But if you you either get the ball or you get the man, you've got to be brave in that situation. He doesn't either. He comes, he's half-hearted in the challenge. The ball's not through. He's round the back and he scores. It's... It's it's dance league to quote Ian. It really is, really. It's, oh, like, Park, it's, like, it's, like, watch, it's like watching a 40-plus-year-old 40 player who used to have a bit of pace, thinks he's going to make the challenge, doesn't get there, and the ball gets knocked past him and he just looks complete pathetic, doesn't he? And yeah. everybody looks at him and says, 10 years ago you would have made that now. You know, you think you're a 30-year-old, you know you're a 40-year-old. Yeah. And no. that, that's, the type, that's the type of thing that Pearson's on about. It's one, it's one thing being passive on crosses. It's another thing being brave in making it's desire. those Desire. It's the D word, desire. Now, um, Ian... It's bravery. Um, it's bravery as well, though, David. Yeah, it's bravery absolutely. in that well, situation. Bravery comes with desire, yeah? Yeah. You know, you've got to be brave going in. I mean, I put a post up on OTIB saying we're going live and we've got a decent number of people listening live at the moment. And... Um, it just shows this is all about opinions because uh, Andit Smith says Ian will be on full sack mode, uh, full sack Nige mode and fully, as he says it. And then Nelly has said he's entitled to his wrong opinion. But then French Red says, you got any better ideas because this one ain't working. Yeah. And then, yep, clear out Viner and the other dead wood and let him rebuild the team. Like I'm pretty sure he was employed to do. The problem is with what? Unless we sell Scott Semenyo, we're restricted to what we can do. we got players on decent wages. This is Deo Red, who simply aren't going to get... We're going to get elsewhere. Dave, we're see, heading for League One. Dave, you know? seeing, yeah. seeing you're, you're talking about me on a forum I don't go on, can yeah. I say I'm something? Getting, yeah, of course. I'm going to let you have your say. Go on. It's, it's, all, it's all very well people saying, like a few other people who are commenting on here, saying... Well, he's got to get rid of this player, get rid of that player, get rid of the other player. They're on contract. You can't. I know. Secondly, we haven't got any money. Okay? Now, now that is a counter to the people who say, 
pay Masengo whatever he wants, right? Okay, now, unless the person that says that is going to pay that money out of his own pocket, then he needs to come up with something, as that contributor, or the other contributor said, what's your big idea? What do we do? How does he get rid of Palmer and Wells when they're earning over two million a year between them? Yeah. How does he do it? And I don't want to hear another comment from anybody <laughs> until they can tell me that. Nobody say, look, we all know the players he might want to get rid of. Right? A kid of six who's been watching City this season could tell you. <laughs> right? It's there's a is a question of how do you do it? And everybody I ask that question says, well, you, you just get rid of them. Yeah, how? Well, uh, well, you don't know, do you? Well, well, no, I don't actually. Right, then come back when you do know. Because I want to hear how we do it. And I think Nigel Pearson probably wants to know it as well. Because how do you get rid of these lads? Viner's under contract for a while. Backinson's under contract for a while, and Backinson's back in June. Okay, yeah. so you're not going to be able, unless you say, right, I'll pay off your contract and you can go, and that's going to cost us millions and millions of pounds we haven't got. So, what do you do? Tell me. I, I don't know. I don't Tell know. Me Look, Ian, none of, us, none of us know. Do you think Nigel Pearson's helping the situation when he said in the press? post-match comments, and this is still for you, Ian, said managers like me lose their jobs because players lack heart. Said he's sick and tired of protecting the players. That players will be going because he's not putting up with it anymore. Who does he mean from today? Max, this is Andy Smith saying this, Max for coming off injured, Viner for not being committed. You know, but Ian, it, it can't be good for dressing room morale when he starts slagging people off without... Naming names, you know, because you, you look around and think, well, is, it, 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 you know, does Callis think, well, does he mean me? Because I've been in every game that has been letting in two goals or more for nine out of the last ten. Is he going about yeah, I mean, it the right way? And so, do, and one other thing, not, Ian, sorry, on, on Pearson, let me just say yeah. this. You know, everybody says, you, you're not sack Pearson. As you always say, it's facts and based on facts. And actually, if you don't give in the Middlesbrough game and you take away the two games, it might be more that, Curtis Fleming has been in charge on match day, right? Pearson's attendance at matches when he's won, his win record is even bloody worse, isn't it? And is he taking, do you think he's taking enough responsibility? You know, wouldn't it be nice to win win a few games 1-0 by going ultra defensive 4-5-1? He's not helping himself, is he? No, he's not. And the last thing he wants to do is lose the dressing room. And what he did after the game today is a surefire way to do that. Because he won't, I'm telling you now, he's not going to have that many friends. Uh, because, as you say, he didn't name names. And, and to be honest, let's be fair, managers rarely do call out a, a particular player. You know, they might say, well, we need to defend better than that, but no names mentioned. Now, what he's no doubt he tells them in the dressing room. And I think that's the right way to do it. I, I think if you start calling people out, and he has done it, but moreover when people leave the club, Backinson being a classic example, um, he has done it. But he said that all this stuff about I'm getting rid of players, he said it before the January transfer window. You know, yeah. if they're not on the bus, they're going. Well, who's gone? I know. And, and who, uh, moreover, who's gone that ain't coming back? And the answer to that is no one. 
No one. So, Mark, let me give. So, so let me give. Just, let me, sorry, yeah, go on. Oh, let me let Mark no. jump in. Let me let Mark jump yeah. in here. Mark, um, Tomo said strong words from Nige. Do we think there is a risk his comments can impact on the dressing room? We've sort of picked up on that as well. And then Mendip City said, instead of getting rid, how about trying to improve what he's got instead of constant blame? Defensively, we're just a disorganised mess. Most of them have performed better previously. Viner to Silva Callas have all gone backwards under Pearson. His record is shocking and he's all bluff and bluster, blaming everyone else. How about improving players then, Mark? What do you say? You know, playing, making the best of what you've got. Well, it, it, it's a question of, of, of having to because we've got such a small squad and, and, and loads of injuries. You're picking the same players for the for the for the uh, for the eighteen every single week, and the, and the, the the eleven picks itself. The way the way we're going. Look, if he's made those comments, it shows a manager. He says he's not under pressure, but he obviously is. He feels that he's under pressure, so he's made those comments. The problem is, logic says City are going to limp along with performances like that. The players keep making the same mistakes. I don't really see any leadership on the pitch either. Um, you know, Bentley, Bentley's the, the, the captain. If he if he's fit, there's nobody really there banging heads together and there's nobody capable of lifting themselves to make decisions, that, 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 you know, on-field decisions that, that, can, that can change a game. It's just not happening. So the way I see it, we'll limp along like this. We'll have, you know, we'll win a few home games enough to stay in the division, and we'll have these problems every every week or every other week between now and the end of the season. I don't see it getting much better. We'll have some great individual performances from the likes of Semenyo and Scott. They're the, the real diamonds this season, uh, and perhaps closer in defence. But if we keep picking those same players. We're just going to have the same problems every every week because nobody's showing the leadership or the ability or the concentration. And the concentration is the main thing to get us away from the bottom of the, bottom of the table. We're, we're scraping up points, maybe 46 points, 44 should be enough. But I foresee a lot more days like this, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Neil, what, what do you think? Should he be making the players better do you think the pressure's getting to him a little bit? Uzi, who, who, you know, who are the players that shouldn't play because they're not committed against Borough, which is going to be one hell of a bloody tough game. So, yeah. you know, your thoughts on that, those three. We've got the third worst defensive record in the division, haven't we? Yeah. And, and that is behind Peterborough and Reading. Have I got that right? Yep. Peterborough and Reading? Yep. Ultimately, the players, they're not going to change. Zach Viner's 25. He is the player he is, unfortunately. Sorry, but yeah. that's the way it is, yeah. The one, I'm not going to get in for Pearson bashing because we've, you know, we've spoken about how we need to move on. The one thing that grates at me is his views on loans, Yeah. unfortunately. If ever there was a team, you're, as, as the others yeah. have said, you're, thrash, you're thrashing the players day in, day out. And they know you haven't got any options. There's no point saying to them, if you're not on the bus, if you keep doing this, do you think Zach Viner or Jay De Silva at the moment is thinking, well, yeah, you know, there's plenty of other options. He's going to bring him. Who's he going to bring in? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an idle threat, yeah. But he's frustrated. He's yeah. angry. He says what he says. But his views on loans, Dave, that, that just... 
that was it was outdated, wasn't it? A little bit. I am going to get on a piss back here a little bit on it because if ever there was a team that needs freshening up, particularly in the fullback wingback positions, it was us. Yeah, and here, there here. was there are going to be teams. There are going to be teams, whether in the Premiership or in the Championship or whatever, that we could have got loan players from in January. Okay, we didn't want to buy anybody on permanent because we've yep. got all these contract decisions mm-hmm. in the summer. We've got a lot of players going into their last year of their contracts. We don't want to tie ourselves down. Absolutely. But Christ, we needed a freshen up, didn't we? We really needed some fresh blood to come in in those positions to actually give us some other options. So when you say to people, that's it, I've had enough of you, you're out of the team, they think, Christ, you know, there's somebody behind me pushing me to actually come out. And it's not going to happen, is it? It's not no, happened. Exactly. And we are where we are for the next three months. <laughs> we are where we are, yeah. I mean, but he, you, you use the term there, he's fixated in his way of doing things, yeah. And, you know, that fixation, you know, okay, we're solely dependent on Chris Martin up front. So we flog him to death. But equally, you know, we've got, a player like Naki Wells, and if you don't want to play him because you don't like him, we've got more youngsters like Conway and people like that that can come in and run around a lot and show a load of uh, effort. I mean, right, as I say, I want to wrap this one up a little bit earlier today, but I want to look forward to Saturday's game, which they don't come much tougher than Middlesbrough on current form. And um, Ian, what would you pick as a side next Saturday against Borough who got their tails up at the moment, what would your 11 be that would, I don't think we'd keep a clean sheet, but contain Borough, not let it be an embarrassment? What would your side be next Saturday? My my side, and I'll, I'll tell you what it was, because it would, it would pretty much be the same one that um, I suggested before this game. So I'd go to a more standard uh, 3-5-2, Mm-hmm. which means we'd have three in central midfield. My wing-backs would be Viner and Pring. I'm sorry, yeah. you've got to have a balance in the side. My three in midfield would be Williams, Masengo and Scott. And my back three would be closer, Cundy and Callas, and uh, yeah. Bentley in goal. And I'd play Semenyo and Weinman up front. I'd, I'd leave Chris Martin on the bench, A, because I think he needs to rest him, B, because we need to get down the, cha- the channels and we need to be more resistant in midfield. We haven't got another right back to bring in. I think Jada Silva's better at left back, um, uh, but I don't think he's adding any value to us as a right wing back in in the defensive sense. I thought we were too easy to get down both sides uh, today, and uh, we're, we're not retaining possession particularly in midfield, we give the ball away too much. And I think having three in there, if you do nothing else, you stifle the other team. You've got a lot of height in the side with the three centre defenders. You've got yeah. Pring and Viner both over six foot. Um, yeah. And you've got, I think Antoine's over six foot as well. And I know I'm a bit height obsessed, but when you look at us, it's set pieces. And Steve Phillips looked really, really, Steve Phillips, I'm doing it. In a, uh, Max O'Leary, <laughs> looked really, really shaky uh, in the first half. And I, I thought one was going to go in directly from a corner. Uh, we did look a bit better when Bentley came on from the set pieces. And Dan Bentley's not not small. He's pushing six foot three. Yeah. Um, so 
I, I would go with him. That would be my team. Can I just say so something he, about Yeah, go on, Ian. Carry on. P- can I just say something about Pearson? When people talk about, yeah, we need to let him rebuild the team. I look at the eight players that he signed and re-signed. So I'll leave close out because he was a, a free ta- transfer uh, in January and I think he's he's done well. Okay. Um, if you look at the other players he signed, are you going to give him a lot more money? Now, loans are a bit different because, you know, if a loan work out, then he's only there for six months tops and then he's gone, right? Could be three months. Mm-hmm. But are you going to give him the money looking at what he brought in? And I think I'm right in saying only two of the players, all the rest are injured and two yeah. are out for the season. So yeah. that's that's no, it's bad luck. Give him some because yeah. so if we sell Semenyo, for example, let's say someone gives us twenty million quid, and please bear in mind everybody that's listening, when you someone's bought for twenty million quid, it's not twenty million quid in cash. It's probably five million a year over four years or something similar. Okay. Yeah. Now that's the same when we buy somebody, so it cuts both ways. So would you want to give Nigel Pearson that money based on what he did in the summer. Because if I was Richard Gould and Steve Lansdale, I'd go, well, hang on a minute, Nigel. Who do you want to buy? And, and how are you going to play? Because yeah. I've got to be honest, mate, the ones you signed, I've got a problem with a few of them. That's that's just an honest conversation, but I, I'm just I'm yeah. asking. I have to say, Ian, no, Ian, how Ian you, you're right. I, mean, I just want to ask the other two guys, yeah, what their sides would be because I'm in I'm in total agreement with what you've said there. And if you look at the back three, Callas, Cundy, Kloss, right? If two internationals can't shepherd through, you know, another man mountain at the back like Cundy, then you really got to have start pointing fingers at um at both of uh, at both of those guys. Uh, Mark, what would your uh, what would your what would your lineup uh, what would your lineup be? Would you agree with Ian? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who Ian said he'd have in midfield, but I'd I'd have Semenya and Viner as the as the front two, yeah. and I'd push Viner into midfield. And well, he's with, got with he's Callas, got Williams, Masengo, uh, and Scott as a midfield three. Semenya, Wyman up front. I don't think. Kind of... I don't think. I don't think Williams. I don't think Williams a start. I think Masengo will be fit. Scott definitely fit. So I put Viner in there um, out of necessity. And you're playing the silver right wing back, oh, bring left wing back. No, they've got sure. they've got tall they've got tall midfielders in the likes of Matt Crooks. They've probably got Isaiah Jones, who's probably one of the informed wing backs in the division. Um, I mean, he had he he really ruined Zach Viner's day up at uh, uh, up at the Riverside. Riverside. Uh, yeah, so did. I think we got to keep got to keep an eye got to keep an eye on him, and it'll be a tough game. I think it'll be more yeah. of a, more of a five three two than a, than a three three five mm-hmm. two. But yeah. I think a draw will be a good result for a side that are looking to the playoffs now. Yeah. Neil, your thoughts? I mean, I, I I heard Ian groaning in the background with <laughs> JDS uh, and what have you, and there's little players, there's other midfield options as well, maybe like Josh Hours, I think, who plays lefty and said he saw him in the under twenty threes, but. You know, I, I I've gone off as Ian so rightly said earlier on in the pod that JDS is an antic, not a tactic, and it was an antic that has looked good at times, but clearly it's just it's just not right. What 
changes would you have to Ian's lineup that I'm in agreement with? Mark's queried a couple of positions there. What would your lineup be to try and stop Borough? Well, I don't think you can play JDS on the right mm. because they'll just go past him. Unfortunately, in a nice way, very rarely puts a tackle in with his right foot and he'll just come inside. Uh, Viner one-on-one on the outside, I don't know. I mean, God, <laughs> what, yeah. what do I say, Dave? I mean, we, we, we've, this is our 33rd match of the season, isn't it? Mm. And we've been watching the same thing happen day in, day out. And we're still saying, Viner at right wing back. That didn't really, you know, and, and JDS there. Where, where do we go with that? I don't know. Can Williams play right wing back? Well, no, can I Williams know play, play right back? We did, we right did that wing. with Bradley all can, back in the what, day. Can, Williams, can, Williams play, can Williams play Neil? That's the problem. Well, <laughs> that's it, isn't Alex it? Scott, I mean, can we... Can we t- yeah, Alex Scott played right wing back for a period. He's yeah. his talents in midfield. But the other thing yeah. to do, which again, I got not slated, but somebody said, I don't want to do that. You know, you take him out the middle, right? You know, clearly we got a problem at right wing back. Let's push Callas out there then, yeah. And then you play. Uh, you could play a back. You could play a back four even of Callas, Cundy, Kloss, and Pring. There you go. Back four. Why? Why? Why, yeah, why you, do people? Why do people think that the three is the best position for us? I'd be intrigued to say because we. Everybody says, "Oh, we're better in a three. You know, a three-five-two, and all the rest of it. When we've conceded. Two or more goals, nine out of the last ten times. It'd be fascinating to see how many times we've actually played in a three. If that is our best defensive structure, playing in a three, then something isn't working, is it? Well, we know yeah. something isn't working. Definitely. Answer me on question there. You but have, you have. <laughs> a flat a flat back a flat back four can't do any worse than a three, can it? Not really. I don't think really. so. Really, I, 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 I mean, ultimately, guys, I think the answer is that. You could do it. Um, I think you still need to play play Viner as a, a right back. Then he's probably a better right back than yeah. he's right wing back. And then you play Callas in close to the middle. It's not exactly. Um, I need to have a look at Middlesbrough's Middlesbrough starting lineup. I don't know if they got much pace down the middle, but I would say they, the two of them. I mean, they're they're both experienced players. They shouldn't get exposed. Your weakness once again is in the full backs because you've got to play Pring left back. Uh, but it does yeah. give you an opportunity to, um, but, but above the three at the back, I think we need three in central midfield. And the only way that you do that would be to play four or five one. Um, mm. And you, you possibly shift Callas, uh, not Callas, uh, Semenyo to the right and bring in somebody on the left wing that would at the moment. I'm guessing might be Jada Silva because we haven't got oh, anybody else. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you, no, you could, you could bring Benarus in in that left wing. That's true because he's left-sided. So, you know. Or Josh Hours, as you said, Ian. I mean, yeah, Josh, Josh Hours would do it. He's not really, he's more of a central than, a, than an outside player, but you, you, you could play him there. Yeah, because he's got, he's got yeah. a left foot because Oudad is out for six weeks again. So, um, well, you know, I, I don't. I think the three in midfield and and the three at the back is better. But they've got, you know, it's like you can play what you like. You could play seven three, but the players have to play well. Um, and and too many people. I agree with Pearson on that. But a, I don't know what he can what he can do about it. And b, he signed a lot of those players that he's now saying he doesn't want. 
I know. Okay, guys, look, I said earlier, I've got to wrap up. It's been another good pod. A few favourable comments on OTIB as well, because uh, that's already created a thread on there. Uh, Ian, Mark and uh, Neil will be doing next Sunday's, if uh, you're available, well, you usually are all three of you, we'll be doing next Saturday's game on Sunday. Yeah, so give us a chance to reflect rather than rushing home or doing stuff like that. I just want to make one uh, final point, Ian. Um, when you said about would you give Pearson the money to spend and uh, you said about Richard Gould, I think Richard Gould is a great administrator and a great chief executive, but I think Richard Gould would need you, me, Neil and Mark sat alongside him to help guide him as to what's right and what isn't right in terms of any money that we have to spend, yeah? Because, you know, he, he, Nigel Pearson, if he does have the money, I don't feel that Richard Gould has got enough football now to be able to say, well, are you really sure that's the right sort of player? He's the exact opposite of Mark uh, Ashton in that respect, who wanted his personality and his fingers over all of it. But that's just my view. Well, we can discuss. Uh, Dave, last, last point then, just before you go. It all, for me, it'll all depend if the FFP changes. Because everybody well, thinks we, think, we haven't yeah. got any money. We haven't got any money. It's not that we haven't got any money. It's that we work as a club to the confines of the FFP and we don't mess around as a club. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a question of we haven't got any money. It is within the confines of the FFP, we can't spend it. If the EFL renegotiate the situation over the summer, which is what Gould's pushing at the end of the day, like you say, a good administrator, then perhaps we may have a bit more of a situation. Because if we had, a, you know, an ideal way would be to say parachute payments are, I don't know, 50 million a year and allow FFP to go from 39 million over four years to uh, three years up to 50 million. That creates a bit of scope. That gives us a bit more flexibility in the summer. Yeah. Well, we shall see. That's all to look forward to. Guys, have a great uh, week. And uh, I say we'll be back uh, next week. Thanks, uh, Mark, Neil and Ian for your contribution. Thanks to everybody who's uh, listening. It's been a good audience tonight. So thanks a lot for that, everybody. Have a good week. Cheers. Yeah. God Bye-bye. bless everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if vibe and blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, dude.